I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sam Pets Radio. Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Ooh, all, all the, the small, small games, games. <laughs> uh, with me, Andrew Levins, and him, John Valenzuela. Hey everybody, how you doing? How you doing, Levins? Good. Better than I was last week, which is why we did not record an episode last week. My apologies. I was very sick. I am. Uh, I'm still shaking this cold. Um, it, it, it is very odd having a regular ass cold during COVID times because you can't cough or sneeze or blow your nose in public anymore. Uh, I, I find I, like- I find it really weird when you like you get the cold and you've had a cold a hundred times before and you know what a cold is like and you know the kind of experience, but nowadays you're like, is this is this my my you know am I, is this the one that's going to send me to the great beyond like how am I, how can I be sure? <laughs> that- yeah, no, I, I was I was genuinely convinced that this was it. I had COVID. Um, but uh, yeah, I've had uh, three tests since uh, since last week mm. um, for for work purposes, and uh, each one of them negative. I just have this stupid sniffles, cough, and and uh, you know head cold combo. Is it good fun? Is it still like the whole swab the back of your throat and the back of your nose? Yeah, yeah. It Jesus. never gets it never gets comfortable uh, having having someone prong your nostril cavity, mm. nasal cavity. Good lord. Yeah. Um, but good. But hey, man. Good to know COVID you're negative free at this point. Hell yeah. 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 But uh, pretty positive about the games we're talking about this week, John. <laughs> Hell of a segue. Um, yeah, what do we got on the what do we got on the lineup this week, Levens? So I finished two games. One of them that I uh, spoke about on a couple an episode a couple weeks ago. Hua, mm-hmm. I found uh, mm-hmm. me and the kids finished that one, and uh, my entire family sat down and finished unpacking. Wow, in about three days. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I loved both of those games. Um, I can't wait to talk about them with you. What are you going to talk about? I uh, I myself have finished a game since we last recorded. I finally made it to the end of Inscription. Yep. Uh, so, I'll, you know, I'll do a bit of an update on that. I also... No spoilers, obviously. Oh, okay. Well, my update is, it's good. <laughs> Go play. <laughs> um, and I finally, finally, finally sat down and got into Death Trash which I bought early access a while ago and has just been sitting on my laptop waiting for me to uh, get around to it. So yeah, I'll be talking through both of those this week. Awesome. Before we uh, get through that, we have some uh, bad news and some middling news. Um, So bad news is that uh, two consoles that uh, I know many of us hoped to play indie games on uh, at the end of this year, the Playdate and the Steam Deck have both been delayed until uh, some point next year. Um, Global Did, global supply chain. It, it yeah, messes with, with the all with of the us. play date. I mean, it's pretty admirable. They basically they they tested a bunch of the units. They they were all ready to send, and they started testing it. And they noted that there was a battery issue that they weren't getting the the length of battery advertised. Um, so they sent them all back to Malaysia to be installed with a new battery. Ooh, nice. Um, which is great, but means that, yeah, obviously going back and forth uh, from one side of the country to the other uh, is going to slow things down a lot. So um, I'm in like the I was in the, the group of people that were meant to get it at the end of this year, but now it looks like I'm going to get it, you know, a couple of months into next year instead. Um, that, I can live. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's um, pretty much the experience of video games in this day and age. And I have to like, you know, really like 
salute the uh, the Playdate team for being so transparent about all their issues, explaining in great detail as to why there are the delays and you know what what how much this has cost them and the lessons they've learned, all that kind of thing. Nice. Uh, it's a- but it looks like if you want a Playdate now, you're gonna you won't be able to get one until 2023 at least. Good lord. Okay. That's a- and when you consider that, I don't think they've they even have plans to make like fifty thousand at this point. Like, it's a uh, you know it takes a long time to make one of these consoles. Definitely uh, during these shortages. Um, the Steam Deck, I just know, I, I didn't follow the the news story because I, I didn't buy one. But uh, I know that the, I mean we, we we can't buy one in Australia. Yeah, yet. and it looks like we won't be able to for an even longer amount of time because they've delayed until like um, a couple couple months into next 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 year as well. And yeah, they'll have such a backlog filling demand for the regions that they actually launched in. So I look forward to 2032 <laughs> when in the when in the climate change blighted wasteland I finally get my hands on a Steam Deck. Yep. Uh, with no power sockets anymore. Yeah. They, they, they've banned them. <laughs> Hopefully they'll have installed a solar panel on the console by that point in time. Turn the console upside down and leave it in the sun for a full charge. Anyway. Hey, uh, life update. Just got solar panels on the house. Ooh. Our house is officially solar powered. Oh, man. Day for it. It's pissing sun here in Sydney today. Yeah, yeah it's real warm. Real warm. I, I mean, after it has been like pissing actual rain yes. for like the, the week since we got the panels installed. I was like, oh, yeah, great decision. Was, <laughs> like, perfect timing. Oh, uh, yeah. It feels good. La, uh, La Nina summer. And then um, uh, the middling news is that last week uh, there was a indie game showcase by a uh, publisher that we quite enjoy, uh, Thunderful, or what they're called now, but they used to be called. I guess that's the coming together of Image and Form, who give us the Steam World yeah. games, and is it Rising Sun games as well? I think, I think it so. might be those two. I th- I but- feel like Thunderful existed and Image and Form joined them. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, the reason I say middling is that they kind of, you know, I knew this event was coming and they announced a couple of days before the event that it would be hosted by Mark Hamill, um, which is a very odd decision. And then I thought maybe it would tie into some game announcements. It didn't. He was just like doing like, you know, and like, I guess everyone tries to, indie, indie guys try to make a splash by doing what Devolver does. Yeah. And like creating a narrative and fun things to focus on in between game announcements. Uh, but there was too much of that. It was fine, like it was, it was, it was relatively entertaining. But um, all the game announcements were pretty lackluster, including like the Steam World announcement, which which is how they closed the showcase out, um, was just a title, um, the name of which I can't even remember now. But and, and like a kind of concept, almost a concept video of it being more of a third person kind of action game. Oh boy. Okay. Hmm. Not sure that's what I want from the the Steam World universe. I mean, I like that they kind of mix it up all the time, but like, I love the dig games and I, you know, obviously everyone loves SteamWorld Heist as well, but besides that, I haven't really connected with, I didn't, I didn't really like SteamWorld. Heist? No, no. Heist is the one that everyone likes. Yes. Isn't the one that, what's the one that came out like a couple of years ago? Oh, uh, the card based. Fate, Hand of Fate or no, Hand of Fate's a different game. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I don't care what it was, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was the turn-based RPG brawler kind of, or battler kind with, of thing. With, with cards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but with a, and in a like medieval setting as well. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is called Steam World Headhunter um, with a stylized and colorful third person co op adventure with a head popping twist. Ooh. So it's co op. Okay. Is, uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I hate to be one of those fans that's like, give me the thing that I already like, but God, I just want a sequel to Steam World, Steam World Dig. That's uh, that's my favorite game that they've done, Steam World Dig Two, and I would love to see them do a Steam World Dig Three. Apparently, this is continuing the story of Steam World Dig Two, but I'm like, just give me another Metroidvania. You're really good at them. Yeah, <laughs> do the thing you're really good at. Um, also, there was another um, direct today or yesterday, the Wholesome Games. Uh, oh, they did another one. Yeah, wow, they had a whole, Wholesome Snack. So I think it was just a mini direct to just announce a few Wholesome Games. Uh, I haven't dived too deeply into it, but one that kind of stood out for me is, and it was the one that wrapped up the direct. It's a game called Little Kitty Big City. Ooh. It's like, you know that game Stray that Annapurna's publishing, the one they announced for PS? It's like you strip all the cyberpunk out of that and you've got Little Kitty Big City. It's like a little black kitten exploring a city with the aim of just making its way home. But it looks okay, it looks cool. like a lot of fun. I've seen it draw some comparisons to um, Untitled Goose Game, 
in the way that yep. you're like an animal that kind of just causes a little bit of chaos as you <coughs> as you try to uh, you know reach your goal, which obviously is home. It looks adorable. You know, get to play as a black cat that's jumping in and out of boxes and running around with fish in its mouth. And there's like a bunch of hats you can put on the cat and you can talk to other animals in the environment as well. Uh, so, yeah, definitely if, if you like games that trend towards the wholesome, uh, check out the trailer for Little Kitty Big City. Uh, yeah, those guys, like Jenny Wilson, I know is like the one of the heads of, of Wholesome Games and she generally hosts most of them. Like they do such good stuff. Mm. Um, I've been I've been actually uh, playing, replaying a bunch, well, not replaying, I've gone back to uh, one of the games announced um, at their E3 showcase, um, Garden Story. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying going back there again. Nice. I just beat a, just beat a boss. Super fun. Sweet. Um, did I say Jenny Wilson? Her name is Jenny Windham. Sadly, Jenny Windham. sadly, there were uh, no celebrities hosting this one. They didn't have any big, big name folk doing it. I mean, but I mean, I, that's what I, that's good. I reckon. Yeah, of <laughs> have course. Developers and yeah, I yeah. Know. I mean, have... it's it's funny that you drew the comparison to Devolver with uh, you know having Mark Hamill. Is that Devolver's managed to do it all without involving any celebrities in any way? Totally. Yeah, yeah. They just they've crafted their own batshit narrative so well that it kind of lives by itself now. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's just cast the the idiot at our at our um office that has a mohawk. <laughs> yeah. And also wild, I mean this is deep game industry stuff, but it's wild that Devolver Love to hear it. Devolver did a IPO on the London Stock Exchange and was valued oh, yeah. was valued at like nine hundred and fifty million dollars. Which game is it is that like Fall Guys that could be bumping it up at Poss- that 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 high possibly i mean it's that would probably be i guess the biggest game in terms of like spread of release and stuff like that but if you look at the year that devolver is having like they've put out death's door they've put out inscription they've put mm-hmm. out like a couple of other loop hero like yeah lots of a big acclaimed indies they've for sure. just they've been absolutely crushing it in terms of releases this year uh yeah, it's. I mean, Sony bought like a five percent share, five percent stake in them. Like a big Chinese game developer and publisher bought an eight percent share. Uh, I mean, the cool thing is that the majority of the shares belong to the founders and the employees of Devolver. So, because yep. I was kind of like, I was worried about like, oh god, is there going to be a board of directors that are going to be going like, oh, Hotline Miami three, sure, but you can't have any blood in it. But it looks <laughs> like because it still belongs to. Um, it still it still is majority controlled by the people that are actually in Devolver. They won't have any other parties kind of standing over them and telling them like, no, you can't do that. And they also like, as you know, folded in with this announcement of the IPO. They also announced that they've purchased a couple of studios. Right. Uh, I can't remember the ones they purchased, but it's it's like studios studios that make games that they've already pu- that are published on. Devolver already. Um, yeah, right. Cool. They, I didn't know that. That's that's really interesting. They own the studio that makes um, uh, either Serious Sam or the Shadow Warrior series. Yeah. Um, hold- um, so I've, I found the article now from GamesIndustry.biz. Ooh, I, feel, I feel like a, a real straight to the source. Real gaming gaming podcast now. So they acqui- acquired three studios. Ah, uh, okay. Cool. Dodge Roll. Yep. Which who is, um, uh, they make Enter the Gungeon. That's right. Um, Neriel, who are the um, studio who made Reigns. And the upcoming Card Card Shark. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, Firefly Studios, who make the Stronghold series. Okay. Okay. We have a code for that, but I've never played it. Not super familiar with that one. But yeah, I mean, like, it's really interesting to see. Because I would say Devolver is probably one of the biggest players in the indie scene in terms of publishing. Yeah. And last year, they actually brought brought Crow Team as well, who made the Talos Principle. Crow Team at Talos, and I think they're Serious Sam as well. Because um, oh, cool. you look at, I mean, take something like Annapurna Interactive, which I'd say is maybe comparable in terms of like size and power in the market. They are owned by Annapurna Films, so they're not an independent organization in the way that Devolver necessarily is. So it's crazy that Devolver is like reached the point where it can be valued for almost a billion dollars in terms of, I guess, the IP it holds and the reputation of its name. Yeah, that's bonkers. Yeah. Love it, man. Ooh, deep, deep game industry talk. This is my shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> Someone hire John to do this 24-7. Yeah. 
Um, let's get into the games we've been playing lately. Um, I want to talk about unpacking, um, mm. which, uh, you know, every now and then we, we get one of those games and I, and I love it so much. And there is just that, that, that part of me that, that very rarely comes out. Um, and it's come out this time because uh, Unpacking is an Australian game. So my patriotism, yeah. the only time it gets it shines anymore is because of uh, indie games. Yeah, 100%. Um, going back to, the, you know, Hollow Knight. I remember tweeting at the time, uh, Hollow Knight makes me the most patriotic I've been since Regurgitator released Unit in 1999. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what, a, what an era. So good. That Well, I mean, that was like, yeah, that, that was like, I was so proud to listen to mostly Australian music when I was you know, 13, 14, like that was, I, 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 I really made a point of like, you know, I love Australian indie rock. That's my favorite shit. Sure. And I feel like I don't really get proud of much else that Australia is responsible for, but I do get really proud when one of our indie games is one really good and two amazingly successful. And it looks like unpacking is joining that long list of, 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 of games like hollow Knight, like um, untitled goose game um, of just like a really well done indie game that is unique um, and absolutely accomplishes what it's setting out to do. And the other, so, the other wild thing as well, developed in Brisbane. It's always yeah. it's always crazy to have like because the kind of the the game development stronghold of Australia is definitely Melbourne. Sure. And so it's wild to get like titles from other major cities. Well, I mean Brisbane, you can thank for one if you go back to that 1998 era of, <laughs> of music, uh, Custard. I still think the greatest band. To come out of Australia Ooh, wild, uh, in that okay. era, they hold it like man, Wahoodi Fandango, the Custard album, yeah. one of the best indie rock albums ever made. Like I put it on, on on par with like Slandered and Enchanted by Pavement. Hot, listen to it all the time. Hot damn! Uh, and the kids listen to it too because the lead singer of Custard, Dave McCormack, um, is uh, one Brisbane royalty, but also uh, he is the voice of uh, Bandit yes. from Bluey, which is another proud uh, Australian, specifically Brisbane creation. True. Uh, true. Yeah. Indie games, Bluey, Synergy. Make it happen, Australian development team. Get that Make get, a Bluey Metroidvania. Get that <laughs> license. Make a, make a Bluey Brawler. <laughs> oh, man, that would be so good. Add Bluey to Smash. <laughs> um, but yeah, Unpacking is made by a studio called Witchbeam. Um, and these guys have previously uh, released Assault Android Cactus. Oh, nice. Which was a uh, twin stick shooter that I think, John, you gave me for my birthday. Yes, I bought you ago. for your birthday once. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good game. It's very difficult. Um, unpacking, nothing like that game at all. Um, but uh, the team that make up uh, Witchbeam, um, not only have they given us Assault Android Cactus in the past, but um, they've also, like Tim Dawson, who is. Um, artist, animator, designer, and programmer at Witchbeam. He's worked on at so many, like, kind of legendary Australian game studios, um, like Ratbag, Team Bondi, Pandemic, and even Sega Studios Australia. Um, So he's the programmer and co-designer of Unpacking. Um, And then you have other people on the team um, that have worked on titles like Jetpack Joyride, which I think is, like, one of the best uh, phone games of that era when phone games were good. Yes. and I, another one that's like, oh yeah, that's Australian, sick. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, th- th- there's a bunch of uh, like, there's a few people working that worked on unpacking that previously worked on Journey for that game company. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's it's really really cool. It's a great team. Um, unpacking is described as a uh, uh, the word Zen is used. Hold on, it is a Zen puzzle game about unpacking a life. Um, and have you played any of this, John? I it is on my Xbox. I sat down this weekend, fired up my Xbox, went, scrolled my curse, scrolled the, you know, the highlight across to unpacking. Oh, and, I know what's going to happen here. And then went one more square vroom, across and pulls Horizon 5. Yeah. I was like, I can't get Levin's get, like, like, you can't get too far ahead of me in terms of the, the leaderboards. I've, I've uncovered a hundred roads so far. I am, the, I think I'm about five. six roads less than you are currently. And that will change Damn. very soon. It is so much fun, Forza Horizon 5. Oh, it's really good. So much. I, they've, they've, <laughs> they've added some of the narrative stuff they've added to the top of it. Amazing. But we're not... Well, well I mean, speaking of the word Zen, like I would use Zen to describe how I feel when I play um, Forza. Like, it, it is just like, I don't, I don't care if I win the races... Um, or if I do care, like I just if I if I do a shit corner, I just rewind and yeah. just take it again. Like, there is something so zen about those games. Yeah. Um, they they are 
open world games done so right where like there's so much shit on the map but I don't feel pressured or like exhausted by it all the options definitely it's kind of like oh I want to I want to obviously drive through the entire map and while I'm here I may as well do all the stuff that's here um, have you done the volcano mission yet? I have not. I think that's the next one. I think that's the one I just... I just finished the Volkswagen Beetle mission. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, T- Tilly and I did the volcano mission the other day, um, her on my lap, um, and she was upset that the volcano didn't actually erupt. <laughs> <laughs> Choose violence, Tilly. Choose violence. Well, she um, is probably the biggest fan of unpacking in our house. She cried when it finished, not because the ending is sad, but because the game is over. And I said, it's fine. We can just start a new game and play it again. But um, Archie and I uh, have gone through and 100% unpacking. Ooh, nice. Um, It's currently available on PC, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox, and Game Pass, which Mm. is great. If you have Game Pass, there is, you know, obviously the the, the biggest reason why I would not play unpacking if I had Game Pass is because of Forza Horizon 5. But when you get sick of cars and you want a beautiful experience, um, unpacking is one of my favorite games of the year easily. Um, Basically, if you've seen trailers for it, all you are doing is you are presented with a room um, and the shelves around your room. Like first you start with a bedroom. It's a kid's bedroom and there's like a four or five boxes in the middle of the floor. You click on, on the, um, on the boxes. I imagine it's very easy to do on PC, but it's fine on a controller too. You're just moving a cursor around with a controller, but it's not finicky at all. Um, you're never accidentally clicking on the wrong thing or anything like that. It's really easy to zoom in and like all that kind of stuff. Um, you open the box and then you click the box and then you pull something out of the box and then you have to find a home for it. So it is a puzzle game because there is a finite amount of room for you to put everything. You can't just cram everything into the one cupboard because that cupboard will get full. And there are things that you need to prioritize as putting in the cupboard first so you can stack things on top of them or around them, that kind of stuff. Um, so as a very zen like uh, puzzle game, light puzzle game, is is just it's so well animated. Like The pixel art is some of the best I've ever seen in my life. Um, and it is just like, you know, mugs and toys and like, you know, computers, musical instruments, balls, games, that kind of stuff. But everything is just so meticulously designed that you understand what it is so quickly. Um, and yeah, wh- where it starts in, I think it's the nineties. Um, you then go, so you, first you unpack the first room you unpack is uh, a girl's, her first room, her own room sure. so it's the first time she's moving out of like maybe a room that she says with a sibling or something like that and um you then move into your first like it's a few years later and you're moving into your dorm basically your you know your first apartment but you're it's a shared living space while you study for um at a, at a university um and then you get like you know your own share house you move in with somebody um i don't want to spoil the story beats because they are so well done and if you are purely looking at this as a puzzle game, you probably will miss the story stuff, but there's so many amazing little moments where like, like she has a pin board. And at one point you are putting your current partner, a photo photos of you and your partner on that pin board. Then she moves somewhere else. And, uh, you have, you're, you're putting all the photos up on the pin board and, Normally you put the, like, you know, you it automatically, when you stick the photo up on your pin board, you get two pins that get stuck up in the top corner, but one gets stuck in the top corner and the other one gets stuck in the middle of your now ex-partner's face. Oh, nice. And then you can't progress that level until you hide that photo so she can't see it anymore. Oh. Um, little really clever things like that. Uh, and... Yeah, the, 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 I've read like interviews with developers where they tried to make that partner seem as douchey as possible. And there is one thing that you can't put up anywhere. You can't put like, basically there's, you get like your diploma or, um, you know, your, your, yeah, your diploma for finishing university. Um, and uh, when you move in with your partner, there's no room for you to put that on the wall. Oh. So you have to put it under your bed. Oh, <laughs> Just like, like the little things like that, like where you're like, oh, no, but I want to put this on the wall and you actually physically can't. Um, very clever storytelling devices because it almost feels like the person that you're moving in with, he won't let you put thing, you know, these things that are important to you up. I'm, I'm reminded um, of um, there's that part in the game Florence. <laughs> Yep. where you're moving in with your partner and it's it, it becomes a decision-making kind of game of, oh, do we put his robot statue up or is it my, you know, Florence's plant kind of thing? Like, Yes, for sure. Puts yeah. me in mind of that. Mm. Yeah, so um, my I played this, um, started it with both kids and then uh, it was a rare game that my wife, Bianca, joined as well. So the four of us played uh, majority of this game together. Amazing. 
And a lot of, um, because you are playing as a female character, um, uh, B had a lot to say of my underwear organization skills. <laughs> um, but because you do, you can get, you can be very, very like, no, 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 if this is me and if I was moving in this space, then I would make sure that this area was really well organized. Or you could be like, I just want to put all this shit in a drawer so I can move on and see what way the story happens next. Yeah. Um, both are fine ways to play. I might, um, I might see if I actually can convince Joe to play this. I think that she'd love it. I man. think she'd, she'd be really it. into this. Is there? Is it purely based on what? I mean, you say like there are, you know, you can't advance the story until you hide the photo of the the ex partner yep. or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Is there? Correct places for the things you're unpacking, or is it ju- so, mostly up to you? Well, so there, when, when you first start, it's just one room, but as you progress to houses, there are more multiple rooms. Mm-hmm. So you have your bedroom, the kitchen, bathroom, and then more, 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 more as you grow older. Um, and so there are some items that belong in the bathroom, some items that belong in the bedroom, etc. So at the end of once you've unpacked everything, it will like highlight a bunch of items that you've put in the wrong place. Right the wrong room or like you can't just have random things out on the counter or on the floor or on your bed, that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. But there's no definitive place where those should be beyond no. a, a broad, like, Oh, this should be in a cupboard kind yeah, of thing. There are lots of freedoms. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, cool. I was curious about that as to whether there is like a single correct answer to, to what you're trying to do. Or if it's like, you just need to be in this general kind of like, you know, space, if you will, in terms of how you've unpacked. Yeah, totally. And look, it, it, it's like I said, it's like really, really lovely to to play um, this game from a technical point of view. Everything works so well. The um, the soundtrack's really good, but occasionally it will just like just stop, and then you'll just hear like ambient noise for a few minutes, and then the soundtrack will come back in, um, which is uh, maybe probably like a a reason for. But uh, I just like the music so much that I would have liked to have had that just playing constantly. I did see someone on Twitter. They posted a video of gameplay from it, and basically marveling at how because the gameplay was like taking a can of like spray and wipe or something and showing how putting it on different surfaces throughout the house produces different noises every time because of like the sound design is brilliant the shape of the room the surface you're putting it on all that kind of stuff which is just amazing yeah the developers did shout out the sound designer on that on twitter yeah um yeah, it's a really great little um, read through if you want to read their Twitter. Um, they're sharing lots of great tidbits from making this game. It's the kind of game that I wish that there was more of, but I don't think overstays its welcome in any way, shape, or form. Um, like, it's the kind of thing that I would love to see. Like, hey, it's Christmas DLC, and it's just one house or room that you have to, like, you know, unpack all your Christmas decorations or something like that. Like, I could see this doing really fun seasonal DLC if they went down that that route. Ooh, maybe DLC from the douchebag boyfriend's point of view. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so it's unpacking. It's available on uh, on PC and the Switch and Xbox. I played it on Game Pass, and if you have Game Pass, I see no reason why you should not do the same. Yes, I will definitely. Once I once I tire of fanging around the Mexican desert, um, <laughs> so never chasing chasing down various um, chasing down various you know uh, objectives and whatnot. I will I will dive into unpack. No, I think it's something I'm going to play fairly soon. Like one one day this week, I'll just say to Joe like. Hey, how about instead of watching YouTube endlessly tonight, we flip on, we flip <laughs> over to this game and we play a little bit and you see what you think. What are you, what are you even watching though? Come on, let us know. What, on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I reckon okay. stuff, which is, you know, yeah. fun enough. Um, real, yeah, real turn my brain off hours. Yeah, kind of nothing, nothing too taxing. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like, hey, solve this math problem that just sits <laughs> on screen for an hour and we debate it. Um, yeah, it's real turn brain stuff. I mean, we just, obviously we watch other stuff. We just finished Big Mouth, etc. But, um, yeah, I think this is a game that, like you say, I reckon Joe will really enjoy it. And I want to, I want to try at least. And yeah, actually funnily enough, mostly what we watch is our video baby monitor for, for Olive to stir. And we're both like, what YouTube URL is that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh my god, imagine live streaming your child's baby monitor. That's that's like I would sue you as soon as they're able to. It's sure. a visit from Docs for sure. Yeah, yeah. Department of Child Services. Anyway, okay. uh you you have just unleashed a review of a new game that you played. I'll do mine. Uh so I got into Death Trash this week. Uh Death Trash is a game that is developed and published by a group called Crafting Legends out of Berlin. 
it is a post-apocalyptic RPG uh, that kind of like is, I guess, twin stick shootery in terms of the combat. You kind of run around with one stick and, and aim your aim your weapon with the other. Uh, it's a very weird world. I mean, obviously, the post-apocalyptic angle of it suggests that that would be the case, but from what I've gleaned from the story so far, there was an event where suddenly blood and flesh started raining from the sky, which drove most of humanity. It's it's a bit matrixy. It drove most of humanity underground where they live in like um, sort of, uh, what's the word? Like technology that projects a, a, a reality for them living okay. underground. But you, you play a character who has been kicked out of one of these strongholds. Uh, because there is something different about you medically. Um, and so one, I mean, part of the like broader quest that you're on in the, in the real world is to discover like, what is this thing that is, what is this implant in my brain and in my organs that, that caused me to be kicked out of paradise essentially and left to wander this like blighted hellscape, um, the first kind of thing you run into once you, once you go through the, <laughs> I appreciate trying to get away from the mic, but oh boy, the mic picked the hell up out of that. Um, oh, I, I muted my mic. I just blew my nose. All right. So okay. I muted my mic. So no one, none of the listeners heard that, but I'm going to leave it in. I just, I just got a trombone style <laughs> honk through my earphones. Um, one of the first things you, you run across when you leave the kind of like underground where you were after doing the tutorial is, um, uh, this thing called the Flesh Kraken, which is a giant face with tentacles for a mouth sticking out of the wall in, in this temple. And it tells you about how, you know, you learn from someone nearby that there are various uh, titans, as they're called, scattered throughout the landscape. Um, and, you know, the, the Flesh Kraken is lonely and it wants a friend. So you then, like, you have your next objective, which is find a friend for the, for the Flesh Kraken. And as you make your way further into the world, you kind of start to discover, like, you obviously pick up more quests as you go. Uh, you, you pick up an ability to become attuned with the flesh, as it's called, and, uh-huh. and which leads you to an oracle. It's, it's an interesting situation because the game's in early access, and one of the difficulties with an early access game is you can never quite be sure of what the actual roadmap, like the detailed roadmap for what they're planning to do to it is. I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing what is essentially an incomplete game here. It was definitely enjoyable. It was compelling enough for me to actually stick with it and finish this, this you know, the, the, the portion that is the early access period. Um the the i guess the, for starters like i i really appreciate the story i think it's a very intriguing world that they've crafted and like i said it's compelling enough that it drove me forward i wanted to be like well what the fuck's going on here will i ever find a friend for a gigantic massive fleshy tentacle sticking out of a a thing like why am i talking to an oracle that that wants me to rescue it and i have no idea where it is is you know, and it's being hunted by somebody apparently. Uh, the combat itself is relatively like it's fairly uninspiring. You can, although it's good in the way that you can kind of switch very quickly between gun and melee combat. Uh, but mostly the combat involves kiting enemies until you get them into a good position. Although it does contain one of our favorite gameplay mechanics. Starts with a D, ends with an all. That's right, the dodge roll. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, it took me a little while because the dodge roll can be a little bit finicky. Uh, in the tutorial, it's like, look, if you time the dodge roll correctly, you'll you'll miss the attack. But it took me a little while to really work out what the, um, what the timing for the dodge roll is. Um, and the weapons that I... Like, you, you start with just a simple kind of, like, wooden club for a weapon... And it was only when I unlocked, like, uh, a a claw weapon. So sort of like if you think about, like, Freddy Krueger's glove kind of thing. Like, I got that as a weapon. And then I just started kicking ass across the map because that weapon is, like, very fast, does a lot of damage, and you can upgrade it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I did... I did, and again, this might be an issue with the early access part. Like, I've collected so much crafting resource 
but barely have any kind of recipes or blueprints that I can use them for. So I just have this like full to the brim craft. And oh, that's another good thing is that the crafting stuff inventory is separate from your general inventory. So you're never like, oh, I'm carrying this amount of like trash and metal and etc. cetera. Um, I can't pick up other things that are on the map. Uh, so that's that's a nice touch. Like I like that those are kept separate essentially. Um, yeah, it's it's it shows a lot of promise. I think it's got that great. It's got a great kind of like crunchy pixel art uh, vibe to the um, the design. I think there are certain things that I still don't think they've settled on quite well because one of the one of the big uh, you know I think it's even in the like the 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 marketing text on Steam and stuff is that you can puke whenever you want, which is cool, yeah, right. which is cool and all. And you can like pick up the puke. And there have been, there were two instances in maybe the three, four hours that I played this early access part of the game where you'll have to start up a machine and it'll go like, Oh, you need some organic lubricant for this. And the organic lubricant is your puke. But <laughs> apart from that, it just seems like a gimmick. Like it's almost it's almost on par with like, you know, can you pet the dog in the game? It's like they've just ticked off a weird like, can you puke in the game kind of thing. Um, so I'm hoping that they kind of develop that mechanic a little bit more, or there's some crafting recipe which involves using your own puke or something along those lines. Can you pet the puke? Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I, it's it's a weird instance of of playing an unfinished game like it's not I, I didn't encounter any technical issues during that period so they've built a very stable section for the early access part but i'm just very curious about like okay so you've you've laid this base how are you going to develop it how are you going to like will you circle back and build on the first part of the game or is it just going to be the same stuff for the rest of the game in which case, look, I'll, I'll probably happily play it, but it won't like it won't grab me in the way something like a Death's Door or something like that did. Like it won't it won't be a game of the year contender or anything like that. Cool. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's available uh, on like everything now. Yeah, huh? It's available. On, no, 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 no. It's just PC, I believe, uh, for the moment. Um, it it is coming to. So it is coming to everything. It's coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox, etc., Switch. But I think because it's early access... Right. Has it... I'm not sure if it has come to... Maybe it has come to PS4, which is weird. No, I, no, you're, you're right. At the moment, it just says, yeah, um, all, all PC stuff. TBA soon, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm looking forward... I'm definitely looking forward to it when it fully comes out. Uh yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely it's an interesting take on like cyberpunk stuff because so much cyberpunk is like hyper polished neon lights, rain slicked city at night kind of thing, and this is like dusty deserts and you know like dusty deserts and weird drugs and puke and flesh everywhere and meat and stuff like that so i definitely appreciate the take they're doing on on the kind of you know these well-trodden genres that existed before um yeah i'm just curious to see how how crafting legends are gonna push it to a finished state and and how they'll kind of go about like making sure that the whole game feels as one rather than like there's a lackluster beginning of, or a semi lackluster beginning section and then an excellent middle and end kind of thing. Right, sure. Mm. Cool. So that is Death Trash. Mm. And we still have two more games to talk about mm. this episode. But first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Mm. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thanks, sponsor. Um, John, you finished Inscription. I did. Now, look, it's um, going to be almost impossible to review this without massive spoilers. And I don't want to do spoilers because this is really the kind of game where you have to go in blind. Yeah, and, it, and at the moment, you know, it's only people with a PC who can. So, yeah, I think it would be silly to, to get spoilery. Yes. No, I'm, I'm definitely not going to run too deep into this. Um, how to do this? <laughs> I definitely I think the first act of the game is by far the strongest act. Um yep. Act all three acts kind of do their job in servicing the story. I just think, for various reasons, Act One is a huge start out of the gate. Act Two becomes a bit of a slog, and then Act Three kind of starts tying everything together, but never quite reaches the heights that the first one did. Mm-hmm. That being said, it really comes down to what your expectations of the game are. It's funny in in our in that Facebook group that we're both part of, along with a bunch of other people, um, that talks about video games. Another guy, uh, Alexander Tullet, uh, who is a huge fan of deck building games. Like this guy has, you know, completed numerous runs on Slay the Spire and that kind of stuff, and he's very much into the concept of like the meta of a deck building game. He yep. he finished it and posted a review where he talked about being very frustrated with the the actual card game element of it because you know it it didn't have the robustness of a deck building game you could never like determine what your deck is going into a run and stuff like that or change you know do major changes to your deck his review kind of made me look at the game and think about it and go like actually inscription is not technically a deck builder in this in in the the standard of the genre it's almost a new genre where it's a deck breaker because right. the, the, the main thrust of various parts of this game is not to not to beat the game by its own rules because the rules itself and the person you're playing against have too much power. It's about breaking the game. It's about figuring out loopholes in the rules and creating cards and creating situations within actual battles that just mean you decimate your opponent as opposed to being decimated yourself. Um, which I can understand if you're a huge fan of traditional deck builders, inscription can tend to feel a little bit frustrating in that sense. Hmm. But I I found it like when I found those moments where I could break the game, I was just like, fuck yes, let's do this. Let's take this, <laughs> let's take this guy down kind of thing. It's definitely like, and it's one of those games where those moments where I did break the game created these little like like I still chew over in my mind when I when I finished the first act in the way that I broke the game to do it and it's something that I want to talk to someone else who finished the game and compare with them and be like oh so what what was the stupid like game breaking card 
or strategy that you use to do this and, and explain how I came about mine and all that kind of stuff. Like it generates a desire in me to tell a story about my experience with the game, which I think is always like, I love games that do that. I love games that <coughs> give you your own unique experience but also give you a framework to talk about it with other people so you can contrast and compare those experiences mm-hmm. compared to something like, I bring it up again, Death's Door. Death's Door, the story is just like, oh, I finished this. Oh, I finished that. There's no nuance to the story That's beyond my like... my favourite kind of video game yeah, story, maybe. beyond I, I ticked this thing off. But, you know, with, with, with Inscription being able to go like, oh, I took this card... And through a weird series of events, turned it into an like a, the equivalent of a nuclear weapon in this game's meta, and then just wiped <laughs> the floor with everything that came at me. Like, yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh wow, the the, the final boss had a second phase. What incredible storytelling! Yeah, very very groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, I it's 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 a tough game to properly review because, like I said, I do not want to spoil this in any way, shape, or form. Um, one one difficulty or one one issue i have which isn't majorly spoilery is a chunk of the game's story is told through an arg that exists outside of the game oh wow and so i finished the game and i know that all this arg stuff is sitting out there somewhere but i just haven't taken the time to go read it but i'm kind of like just put it in the game dude like Give me the whole story there. I don't want to have to do like... No, I demand a review of the ARG next week. Internet detective work. Yeah, okay. Review of the ARG. So I sat there and read web pages for uh, 45 minutes. The gameplay was terrible. Gameplay was terrible. Story was great. Um, yeah, so look, if, if you have the means to do it, God damn it, go and play Inscription. Go in, go in blank. Don't, don't spoil the story in any way, shape or form for yourself. Just remember, like, when you get frustrated, the idea is to break the game. The idea is not to play by the rules. It is to shatter the rules and just have fun with it. Punch your monitor in the face. Yeah. yeah. Snap your keyboard in half. Throw your, That's how to win. Throw your hard drive into a lake. Hoa. So that, that's, the, uh, that's the end of uh, John's, or hope, John's uh, non-ARG uh, time with Inscription. Looking forward to the uh, ARG review next week. Um now, talking about very simple storytelling, Hua is a game um, that I reviewed a couple of weeks ago, um, made in Vietnam. I believe it's available on uh, just Switch, but I can double check that. Um, oh, no, it's on Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox, and it's on PC too. It's on everything. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's an indie platformer um, that's very in- influenced by Studio Ghibli, and um, a rare instance of a, uh, a Vietnamese video game getting uh, worldwide recognition. It is phenomenally well animated with a gorgeous soundtrack, very evocative of Joe Hisaishi from Studio Ghibli. Some would even say, ripping it straight off, there are melodies in it that sound just like um, melodies from Spirited Away, but with like a slight alteration on the final note, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, But hey, it just makes it sound really special to me. Um, This game you play as like a... um, uh, almost like a a spirit of the forest returning to the forest, um, and you're re meeting up with all these different animal spirits who helped you escape when uh, the forest was attacked um, at, at a certain amount of time ago and you lost your family. Um, and so you reconnect with all these uh, animal spirits and they give you a different ability and help you progress further and um, and basically get to the end of this game. Um, the first few levels are very kind of linear, re- repeating the same thing where you kind of uh, get into a new area, meet the animal spirit. The animal spirit's asleep. You need to go wake up the spirit by um, lighting up two kind of um, like uh, artworks um, that you find throughout the level. Then you go and talk to them once they wake up and they're like, hey, I can give you this power. Um, all you need to do is go find a bunch of butterflies. So you go find the butterflies throughout the level doing like some fun platforming stuff with all the new powers that you get. They give you a new power that can allow you to get to the next level. Uh, and that repeats a couple of times. Then... Um, you're always kind of like the only... There's, you can't die in this game, but there are like robots who can kind of like kick you about, stop you from uh, from getting to the, the, the top of a, of, a, of a peak or whatever. Damn and you robots. have to do that platforming section again. Um, as you progress, there's more and more robot stuff. And it becomes clear that the robots were the ones who um, fucked the forest up all those years ago and probably possibly burned your um, your family to, to, to dust. But... Um, 
we we kind of glossed over that when I was playing this one with the kids. Right. Um, yeah, for good reason. There is a uh, a big moment where you escape um, a, a robot who turns on you because one robot helped you at some point, then he then he turns evil. And there's a big chase sequence, and I was expecting it to be like an Ori and the Will of the Wisps style chase oh, sequence, right. but instead it is just a video, um, and oh. so you are you are just watching the um, Hua escape um, for a while. It's really well animated, but it, it, nothing seems too difficult for me to have just played through this section. But maybe they really just wanted to make sure that this is a game that you can't essentially die in. Sure. <coughs> the last um, level of this game is the most creative this game ever gets. Where you will like, there's like, it plays with color, it plays with gravity, it plays with um, you doing two things, like you you and a mirror version of yourself, um, uh, completing a level together, and you have to accommodate for your mirror version as well as yourself, with different obstacles on on each like levels, like way. Okay, um, if that makes sense. Um, really creative, genuinely difficult in parts too, which I would not say for in almost every other part of the game. Um, and then it just kind of ends in this really kind of sweet, sweet moment. Um, I definitely think this game could have been longer, but I like that again, like unpacking doesn't overstay its welcome at all. Um, your, your enjoyment of it will come from like how much you like studio Ghibli stuff and whether like, you know, playing a, a game that looks just like it is, uh, inter- interesting to you. Um, I see a lot of people let down by how how short it is as a game. It's probably just over two hours, but um, it's it's beautiful the entire way throughout, and um, the storytelling is is minimal but lovely. Uh, nice. I, I would recommend it. Yeah, I, 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 unpacking is definitely my favorite of the two, but Hua is another great game that I'm glad I played with the kids. Hell yeah, great! Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's out on on most things now, so go and check it out. I'm sure it will be included in many sales packages at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Hua. Yeah. Hua. 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 Um, so that's it for this episode of, uh, of many very good indie games reviewed by us. Um, thank you so much for listening to it. If you want to uh, engage with us, you can. All the small games at gmail.com is our email address. And we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash all the small games if you'd like to support the show. We'll be uploading some bonus episodes very soon. Sorry for the delay on that. Uh, it's just hard to uh, record when uh, your body wants to cough and die. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. Glad you're, um, glad you're on the mend, though. I am on the mend. Although I'm getting a vasectomy tomorrow. So I, <laughs> I, as, as one part of me heals, another part suffers. Ain't that the, the circle of life? Um, <laughs> it's going to be funny next episode. Like, Levin, something's different. What's going on here? Oh, Levin, you sound less fertile than you yeah. <laughs> Um Yeah. So if you want to see us on social media, we are on Twitter at all the small game you can see us on facebook facebook.com slash all the small games our individual social presences if you want to if you want to follow levens you can so at levdog l-e-v-d-a-w-g if you want to follow myself you can go to at 16 tacos those are both across instagram and twitter and my god you definitely want to you definitely want to be following levens on both of those what a life this man has (laughs) Vasectomy, it's cold. He's got it all. For an Instagram live of his vasectomy. Make sure you are following. Oh, man. I just realized that your dog, Gilda, has been hanging out with us the entire time. That's gorgeous. Yes. Hey, Gilda. She has. I'm giving her pats to you Bring her in, bring her, bring her in frame. We're going to get a photo for the, for, the, for, the, for the team. Make sure you go to our... Uh, join our Discord for this uh, awesome dog photo. Hey, Gilda. <laughs> Can you say indie games, Gilda? <laughs> indie games. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. See ya.